You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast brought to you by ascully.com. And here are your hosts, Ace Scully and Sid Talk. Hello, Sid Talk. They poisoned our asses. Yeah. The humans are dead. <laughs> we did it. A little revival of the old... Uh, the before the After The Show discussion included last night. <laughs> We're going way back. Was it last night or today when you watched that? Like what, days of all flight of the Concord. Yeah, this morning. Oh, there you go. Yeah, that was um, way before. This flight discussion. of the Concords was one of my favorite shows on HBO from probably mid two thousands, and uh, they did a concert last night on HBO, like a reunion. It's very funny. Watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Just watch it. The humans are dead. All right. So, what is the before the after the show discussion apart from that? Mm, this movie. What else was there? We had a tornado warning. Yeah. We the were electricity watching... went off during the movie. It did. We were in the middle. We were in our basement, so we were in the correct place. <laughs> we were safe. The tornado sirens were screaming, but nothing happened. Nah. Mm-mm. As usual. I mean, knock wood, because it does happen, but not to us so yeah, far. Yeah, not to us. We went upstairs and our house was still intact. Correct. All right, so um, yeah, that this movie was like a perilous movie, but what was more perilous was, was the fact that our house could have blown down while we were watching it. But we survived. And we wouldn't have heard it because the movie was so loud in our basement. Correct. Cracked. So um, it is the weekend of Saturday, October the 6th. This is after the show. We're a movie review podcast, and this is our 551st episode. We look at a movie every week. This week we're looking at the movie Skyscraper. It's a 2018 movie. Releases on 4K, Blu-ray, and it's already out on digital, but for the discs, you can pick it up on October the 9th. It's PG-13, it's from our friends at Universal who sent us a disc to review, and Sid Tart will give you the synopsis of Skyscraper. Big building, lots of action, lots of sap. Very good. <laughs> There's a bad guy, and there's a good guy. All right, so... And there's a plot, kind of. It's got a lot of holes in it there, been drilled in there. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Skyscraper, it was a beginning of the summer big blockbuster movie in the theaters. Um, I saw the trailer at the time. I think you might have, maybe. Or not. I think so. I'm not sure. Um, the trailer pretty much gave the whole movie away, to be honest. All the big action scenes that you see in this movie are in that trailer. So, um... This isn't the first Dwayne Johnson movie we've seen this summer because we saw Rampage and reviewed it recently. True, true. Um, so is this your favorite Dwayne Johnson movie of the summer? No. Is that a trick question? <laughs> <laughs> no. Not my favorite of the summer. Okay, so let me have Nor your my favorite opinion ever. on Skyscraper. Okay. My opinion? No, the other person in the room. <laughs> it's fine. I, I said it in my synopsis. It's a big building with lots of action and too much sap. But it's fun. I even almost shed a tear. You did? Yep. Well, that was one more tear than I should because I didn't <laughs> Well, I'm it. just saying. It was fun. It served its purpose. I'll forget it by tomorrow or by tonight. Yeah. 
Let me. But this, I will that's say a really good review. Though. But I have to say, you know, I put my hands up. There are particular people um, in the Hollywood world <sighs> See, that bore you to death so much you go asleep. <laughs> no, who I actually really like, and some people would be like, Ugh, but I like Dwayne Johnson. I just like him. I'm not saying he's brilliant. I'm not saying he's great in everything. I'm not saying he's not trying to just churn out money-making movies. I don't care. I just enjoy. I've been turned around because I didn't used to think that way. Can I say that... I mean, is is it as good as what I said? I found found this movie... uh, I, I enjoyed Dwayne Johnson movies also. I enjoyed Rampage quite a bit, to be honest. It was, it was kind of crazy and fun. Yeah. But um, <clears throat> what I feel about Skyscraper is it's a really, really, really generic action movie. It's, it's generic except we have, to, we have <clears throat> to bring this to the forefront here. It, it is a man who is an amputee. Yeah. And so now, he utilizes that prosthetic leg... As a weapon, as a thing, as a tool, and incorporates it. They incorporate it into everything he does. I I felt like he did. They did a good job with that. And I to did. me, that makes it. And it's also about the family and the yeah. wife kind of being a part of the whole thing. Not too much, unfortunately, but you know, just enough. But let me say this though: it is for me anyway. It's so it's very a very generic action movie. If it didn't have the rock in it. And it had a bunch of like you know lesser known people, and it was a straight to video movie. It would be the same movie, yeah. Um, and it would be it'd be a similar. It wouldn't. The Rock doesn't make this movie good. In fact, <laughs> I like The Rock quite a lot, but I think in this movie the script is so like paper thin, and the plot is so. We've seen this plot a thousand times, really, haven't we? Maybe not in a skyscraper. Or maybe we have already seen this in a skyscraper. I don't know. Mm. But even he, who is the one of the most charismatic people, I think, around, who can really breathe life into something, I feel like he was even struggling with this one. Whereas Rampage, I felt like he was having a real fun time and it was crazy. With this one, it just seemed a bit like they were sucking the life out of him a bit because of the character they developed for him. I don't know about is that. Is this kind of unfun kind of guy? Like it's this. It's not. It's well, not I mean, a serious. Mo- time. It's not a really serious movie. It's not serious because it's it really, dark's really dark. Yeah, it does, but it's very corny and cheesy. The movie in general, at times. So it doesn't fit the the they set the movie up at the beginning with a very very dark and bleak opening sequence, and I don't think the movie fits with that. Because it, then it goes kind of sci-fi-ish almost, and it also goes super cheesy, here's the bad guys, here's the good guys, you know. Yeah, the very big cardboard cutout, for sure. Yeah, and a lot of, uh, I even said to you, you see, a guy walks onto the screen, I said, that guy, don't trust him. He's bad. <laughs> here's another guy, oh, look at that guy. Well, you know, he's, he's, not to spoil that bit, but there's another guy who we, we looked at him and said... Oh, of course he's a bad guy, right? I mean, it's all dare super we, telegraphed. Dare we say that someone in studios and in production, I'm just going to put this out there, make movies now that they know people will watch on a tablet or a phone 
So the it's geared to that and not somebody who's actually hunkering down. You don't have to sitting. concentrate. <laughs> you don't have to concentrate. You're watching it on the train on the way to work. You're watching it under your desk at school like you're not supposed to. Whatever. And you're not really engaged in like the experience of watching a movie. It's just fodder for getting through an hour and a half of your life. You know, whatever else you you could be doing. So that if you go too deep or make it boring, you'll just turn it off and, yeah. and watch something else. Yeah, but... As far as this movie goes and how transparent the plot is, there is not, for me anyway, there wasn't one moment where I was surprised. No. There wasn't one moment where there was a plot twist where I was like, oh, because it all was exactly how it's so telegraphed. The rich guy walks into the, there's a globe thing on top of a skyscraper. It's kind of cool looking. The building is awesome. He I'll give it that. Dwayne Johnson into it and demonstrates what the globe is. And as soon as he demonstrates what the globe is, it's to me, I don't know if it was to you, it was clear that the final showdown would take place in that dome. Oh, duh. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm Absolutely. not. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's how it kind of works, this movie. It it tells you way, way in advance what is going to happen. And secondly, it, I mean, this, it's not the first movie to do that. Any Roland Emmerich movie. Like the day after tomorrow, all those type of movies, yeah. they do the same thing, right? And you can make the exact same arguments about Rampage, which was his other movie, couldn't you? I mean, that doesn't really have any surprises either. You could even say that about Die Hard. I know it's beloved, but it's a bad guy, a good guy. Yeah, he's gonna go through some. I mean, it, you get to know the people a bit more in something like Die Hard. Yeah, but it's still the same formula: a guy protecting someone he loves, and he goes to like superhuman effort to overcome the foe. Now, what I did like is I like the concept of this skyscraper. It's yeah. all, it's not even, you know, it's not, it's like I say, it's all, it's a sci-fi skyscraper, isn't it? It's not a, <laughs> it's not a legitimate thing that could be built. I don't not think that I know of, but hey, I don't <laughs> I mean, it know. doesn't, what I mean is it doesn't exist and it won't exist. It's a, it's a crazy movie, like spectacle skyscraper. It's the biggest one ever. It's got this giant ball on top. It's got when they when they do the CG pan up through the skyscraper at the beginning. It's got gardens and forests, and it's got it, it's its own ecosystem that lives in this skyscraper. It's cool and uh, a really cool concept. I loved it, but I feel like the movie didn't have enough budget to actually show it you properly. Did you feel that like it? We didn't really see it properly. Yeah, and the understanding that he knows it very well was thrown away in one line where the wife says, well, you've been looking at this for six months. You know it from top to bottom. And now we're just convinced yeah. he literally knows and then, every single thing about it, which yeah. was a bit quick. And us as an audience don't. We just saw a quick pan up the skyscraper. And, and we saw, oh, look, it's got, it's got a forest. It's got a park. It's got a thing. It's got a bridge. Oh, and then it's got a big ball on top. And then we're done with that. And then the rest of the movie is like just this claustrophobic, we're in one room, we're in a tunnel shaft, we're in a thing, right? It goes small. It starts giant and, yeah. and, and goes small, which I often have a problem. It's I know this this movie had a pretty decent budget. It's not like a cheap... like But straight, it has a lot of holes. You just it, can't think about it. It also has a lot of like cheesy green screen special effects that don't look particularly great. Like, True. You know that bit where um, where the mom and the kids and they build that little bridge and she has yep. to walk across and all the stuff falling in the background doesn't 
it doesn't look like it is in the scene at all. They're not kind of lit that way, the people. It just seems like, you know, it's all CG. Obviously it is. It's a skyscraper that is on fire. They didn't actually set a skyscraper on fire. That's not how movies work. Ah, uh, oh, don't say that. We've seen real cars get blown up. We've seen real buildings that have been blown up. We've seen ships that have been sank. So, you know. But it also had a lot of, like, I said to you, this movie is also um, like a joint US slash Hong Kong movie. So there's a portion of actors from Hong Kong and then there's your Hollywood actors that that you'll know. And the Hong Kong actors are also big actors in their, you know, Hong Kong. That, it came about, the first time we saw that in Hollywood movies was um, Pacific Rim, the first one. It had this, like, huge international cast and a lot of Chinese people in it. And now I feel like we're seeing it more and more, and it just smells of money to me. Like, it smells like we need to sell movies in, in China. Yeah. So... If we mix the American and the Chinese together, we can sell it to both market. It it just smacks of marketing rather than inclusion. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, but how could you do it in a way that doesn't? I don't know. I mean, it it has to. If it's going to be done, it's always going to seem that way until at some time in the future when it becomes the norm. And you don't think about yeah. it anymore. Yeah. I think about it now, like, and it, it hap- you know, we've seen a few movies recently where, well, Pacific Rim was one. Pacific Rim 2 was definitely one. There was something else we saw the other week where, oh, um, Ready Player One is is one as well, right? It had a bunch of uh, Chinese actors, had a bunch of American actors. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't come across quite right to me. Well, everybody's great as well. That's a, that's the thing. Like these, the all the actors in this were good. They were giving the Rock a run for his money. You know. Yeah. I mean, I think everything was everybody was fine. Yeah, but I, um, it was cheesy and intention not intentionally cheesy, but the moments when people had one line to say, like "Bring him to me. I want to talk to him." Yeah. And then stare at the screen and then look at their coworker like, oh, well, that's not much to like no. get you to do much, but they were fine. Everybody was fine. There wasn't any like, oh. well, a couple of the stunt people did that thing where they shake their head whenever they get punched or shot. You know what I'm yeah, talking about? Like, that, oh. like the Jackie Chan movie. Kind of, thing. yes. Yeah. And I was like, whoa. And that's just like a normal thing in like martial arts movies right but i think it's in all kinds of movies you don't feel like it fits in a movie like this but um i did like some things about this movie one i liked there's one particular fight sequence that he has and um it's right near the beginning of the film and he has a fight and it's it reminds me of jason bourne it's like up close and personal he's uh using his leg as <laughs> He's got a prosthetic leg, we said earlier. Mm-hmm. He's using that leg as a weapon. He's using everything in the room as a weapon against... The, they're getting hit with TVs, and a tablet goes in his face, and smash it. Oh, ooh. You know the you know on your uh, stove, you know that... Yeah, you know on that our metal, stove now, yeah. On that, people's stoves, the metal part that you lift up. It's not even metal, it's wrought iron. Wrought iron, yeah. yeah. He gets whacked with one of them. It's like crazy. It's like, I love that fight. I thought it was really well choreographed. Everything in the room pretty much got smashed up. Anything that was of value got smashed. It was really satisfying to watch. 
It was kind of like Atomic Blonde too. They put that to use. That's what it felt like to me. Um, there are, with it being like a movie about um, him rescuing in a skyscraper, there are very few, actually, big action scenes, like set pieces. There's the one where he jumps across to the building, right? Can you think of others? Like big, big like huge, like, oh, well, this is the thing we come to the movies to see. Like Tom Cruise walking. I just think the building. the building spectacle in in itself, like in the, in the glory that it is and then being on fire and then how it will fall apart as it's burning. Yeah. Now, spoilers. Let me talk some spoilers here. Close your ears if you haven't seen this movie. Um, and then I'm going to spoil in a few seconds. Now, that promises a lot, what you just said. The ice, you know, it looks cool. It, the, it's a big CGI skyscraper on fire. It looks really cool. And I said to you, the stakes that never go further than that. We see, we see it on fire. And I was waiting for half of it to fall over because, come on, it was getting ruined, right? The entire movie. It was yeah. Like I wanted the top half to fall off. That was I thought that was the third act um, big special effect, but it is not that. I mean, we just see it on fire the entire time, and then we don't see it on fire. I mean, I feel like they it should have been some more. They should have upped the ante of danger towards the end. But they mm. didn't really, right? I mean... No. It just stayed the same. It's on fire. I kept thinking, is it going to fall over? Because, like, people seem pretty calm down below. <laughs> They're all stood looking. That's also, if you're in any country, it doesn't matter where you are. If there's a big skyscraper on fire, it's, there's a possibility it's going to fall over. Don't stand and look up yeah. at it. Because <laughs> they, they keep cutting to this, like crowd of people who were stood with the news reporters looking it's at also, it. That's also very old-fashioned, though. Like from it's old like Godzilla, movies right? and radio shows where there's the people at the bottom cheering for, you know, yeah, the guy. It felt like, yeah, like Godzilla is, is what I kept thinking of. Because on any of those old Godzilla movies, <laughs> Godzilla's rummaging around the city about to smash it all up. And there's people stood there watching, like in a big crowd, going, ooh, look, Godzilla. And you're like, um, please leave the city, go somewhere else, because Godzilla is about to kill everybody. <laughs> so, yeah, it's got that kind of thing. Um, the the conclusion, did you like it? I didn't find it satisfying. I, mm. I found it unsatisfying. The bad guy dies in my worst possible way. Not specifically. No, but, I mean, that did not. The icing on the cake there that they tried to throw in did not fix that for me. It was like... Um, it's like I'm watching Die Out again, you know. More spoilers. Oh, I've I've said it's not just Die Out. Die Out didn't invent that. It didn't, but Die Hard's the one I always think of. Yeah, I'll give it to Die Hard. Can have the the bad guy falling off the thing and looking at him as he goes down. That's where it stopped for me. Like that was it. Then whenever I see a bad guy fall off something and you see him falling down and looking up. It's it feels old, <laughs> like like it's. But it was it had a twist. Come yeah. on, they well, put a twist in well, there. Well, this one he had a grenade, and the grenade goes off as he falls. Right, so he blows up and yeah. falls. That's it's, different. It's different, but it didn't. It's still. I feel like it's the cheapest, like bad guy death. 
And also, that bad guy was didn't seem that bad. I mean, he was bad, but he but was he wasn't like evil dull. bad. He was yeah. kind of dull. <laughs> um, and that's maybe the problem I have with the movie in general. It's not. It looks very exciting from the trailer to me. It looked very exciting the trailer. It showed that here's the here's the most advanced skyscraper you've ever seen. It showed you that part, and then it showed you Dwayne Johnson jumping from that crane to the building. And then it showed you him like where he was looking over the edge and it gives you vertigo. And then it cut to the skyscraper logo. And I was like, wow, that that is cool. But that what I just explained to you is the best part of the movie. The trailer is the best part of the movie. Mm, I disagree, but... I didn't find the, the drama interesting in the slightest, really. I didn't feel the like guttural father protecting saving his children thing no. unfortunately didn't no feel that. um and i didn't any conversation from the bad guy or the rich guy or any of that stuff is just all serviceable movie kind of dialogue like you know we're gonna get the helicopter you know those kind of it's just really and the actual thing that the bad guy wanted ugh. yeah a hard drive with a list of names on it Nobody gives a shit anymore. We're over it. How We're many over movies the list of have names. we seen? <laughs> We're over it. <laughs> we understand technology and lists of names. I mean, everybody back to Mission Impossible did yeah. it. Bond has done it. Bourne has done it. It's just boring. Yeah, it is. It's, it's almost like... I say, fair enough. Everybody on the list is fair game. It's a different... It's a little twist on that list as well, but still. You know, when I've talked about uh, before about these kind of movies, like generic kind of action movies to me, how like... If you throw a load of ideas into a randomizer and it all comes out the other side, it's like a list of uh, what's the what's the MacGuffin type thing? It's a list of uh, you know, it's a hard drive with a list of people. Where's it set? A skyscraper could be any. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. a list of things. Who's in it? The Rock. What's the bad guys? What? Who? You know? It's a formula. Yeah, there's definitely you can see the formula as you're watching this movie. It's lot. It's it's just. I don't know. For a movie called Skyscraper that looked very exciting from the trailer, I found it particularly dull to watch. And that's a problem for me. I don't, whereas Rampage, I didn't find it dull because there was things in Rampage I didn't expect when, like, a giant wolf shows up and, you know, there's things in that movie. <laughs> Not that it was good. No, it's crazy and, like, over the top. But it's uh, there was things where I was like, oh, I didn't think they would go that far. It's, it's, it's a huge spectacle. Whereas this... While the skyscraper on fire is a huge spectacle, what's going on inside it is like this small little thing in a couple of rooms, which it's like it's like this small melodrama going here, whereas this it could be huge and big, but it didn't feel like it. So that's how the movie felt for me. I think you might have liked it more than I did. I, I, I think it was fun. I thought it was... I'm being less judgmental. So by you? the numbers and I... True. If it doesn't have a surprise But I don't think that way, equals bad. No, I mean, it's technically good, but like I say, every time somebody said something or didn't say something, I just saw the face of a person. I go, bad guy, bad guy. That person will probably save the day. Truly disposable bad guys (laughs) as well. Let's not forget. That person's crucial to saving the day. Those kids are the peril because we don't like kids in danger. You know, it's (laughs) very, it's just numbers. Like it's... I didn't feel a heart, let me say. So um, 
Talking of heart, let's go to the cast. Dwayne Johnson plays Will Sawyer. Now, if I did like something about it, I liked who he was, the character. He's, an, he's a... Um, he was I'm like a special forces special, FBI guy. Yeah. Gets his leg blown off. Right. And now he's an amputee who's in the 10 years. We haven't seen him. Has put his life back together. And what is he? Uh, I don't know. Security expert? Security expert is what <laughs> I kind of got that. That's kind of what I came up which with. We, which we also, have, I feel, have seen before. Like, you know, Liam Neeson. <laughs> he was an ex-Marine. Now he's a security expert. Well, this is nothing new. They're no. not even pretending. That's what I'm saying. There's nothing new, is there? Nothing. No. Um, so I liked the fact that he was an amputee. I thought that was interesting. At first I was like, why is he an amputee? What, what's the... What's going to be the payoff for that? Just to make it so he's less able? But actually, they didn't go that way. They went, made him more like a superhero almost. <laughs> it could do anything, right? Even, yeah. with, even when his leg is off. He's like beating the crap out of people. So With the leg. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was watching it thinking, is this disrespectful to amputees? I, I'm, I'm, is it? Why would you think that? There was points where I was like, you know, this guy, it's Rock as an amputee. Like, Rock's not an amputee. And. Why? Well, we can't. Oh, my God. I said that actually. I jokingly said, oh, no, how that's, rude. Not, that's not what I'm saying. They should have hired an amputee. I'm not saying that. I'm saying, is this just like gratuitously, like, we'll have an amputee because it's cool? It looks cool? It'll titillate the people who want to see yeah. amputees? Or, I don't. As you mean the same as what you're saying about making it in China, the yeah, inclusion thing is another... inclusion. It's like uh, it's like another formula. It's like a little um, fish on a, a worm like on we, a hook. Like let's have a gay or a trans character just because we feel like we would be cooler. Not because it's truly advancing the story. Exactly. Yeah. So I've, I had a feeling of that, but then when we watched one of the extras and it was the actual, they had a amputee consultant on the set who actually coached Dwayne Johnson with this is how you would really walk and like if you were going to run and this is you know so it, and I did see that in the movie that Dwayne Johnson was it was pretty consistent consistently was being watching. an amputee right yeah he wasn't forgetting and being like, I'm sure people point out times when he did but yeah I think he did a good job of it so I did like what the character was of him but then while all that is cool and good, where his journey goes, beginning to end, doesn't really go anywhere, does it? No. no he's, he, he's arrived. He hasn't, we haven't seen him struggle. No. Except for this thing climbing around a building. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and here's somebody I, I haven't seen for a long time, Nev Campbell. She plays his wife, Sarah Sawyer. Um, she was, I said to you, she was in all the Scream movies. She was like, um, you know, in that, period of time there she was a big you know she was in a lot of things she was I, kind of a big deal and then she just disappeared but then when i looked she'd been on some tv shows that we don't watch so you know that person goes off the radar for you <laughs> so to you she doesn't exist exactly right and i've not seen her since the screen movies i don't think really um what did you think of her here she was all right i mean i think she fit she fit yes there wasn't a lot they tried to make it seem like Mom slash wife is sort of kind of coming to the rescue, but then it wasn't really. She was a badass when she needed to be. She was a mom when she needed to be. Yeah. Um, but not there wasn't a lot of... Mm. 
guts there with that family to me. And she yeah. was part of that. Uh, Chen Han plays Zhao Longji. He's the guy who owns the skyscraper. He's just a rich guy. When I, I said to you about halfway through the movie, when the skyscraper is burning all down, and he said something like, I said to you, what the... He how? said, they said, what are you going to do? I said, rebuild. And I and said, like, oh. has he just got unlimited money? Because how much must this thing cost? Like, <laughs> it's the biggest skyscraper in the entire world. Like. And the plot, the thing about, the thing that's spurred it all on is absent from the whole movie. The The reason for the bad guy's motivation and this guy holding on to that hard drive, it's just, no, it's nothing. It's completely removed we don't see any of that. We don't see any other people. This guy even said, the people I work for aren't going to like it or whatever. And you're like, who's that? Never see who's any that? people, no. None of the, there's no real gutsy motivation. You don't see the people who are going to benefit. You don't fully understand. And it's all for money and to build this big building. That's it. It's, there's no, there's no heart. There's no, what's said heart a lot, but there's no like demented, like bad guy or, you know, I said it would have even been good, and there were times when I thought, oh, because they mentioned it several times that Dwayne Johnson was in on it. He's in on it. You know, they suspected him. I'm like, oh, that would be interesting if at the end yeah, he, he actually doesn't <clears throat> care about his family. It's all a ruse, and he's actually the guy. I was like, eh, but they didn't I, do that. You know what? Yeah, my version is, towards <laughs> the end, he's about to rescue the family, and then the bad guys turn up, and then... Dwayne Johnson, that's where he flips. Like, um, yeah, of course I'm on the bad guy's side. And then he kills his family oh and joins God. them and parachutes off no, the top No, I don't of them. think you should do that. Yeah, that, that's No, that's version. just rude. Dark, but, no, that's not rude. That's, that is rude. That's a real bad guy. And that's where oh, you would be true. like, you would be like, what the f... <laughs> the Rock just murdered his family. <laughs> um, but In my version, he doesn't murder them. He just doesn't try to save what, them. So this Chin Han guy... What did you did you like this millionaire? Yeah, he's fine. Well, he had to be a gazillionaire, right? Something <laughs> high a dollar. I, he was fine. Like I said, every single person was fine. There was nobody who stands out. Let me say that who... this person isn't fine. This next person, Noah Taylor, as Mister Pierce. I dislike Noah Taylor because they keep it, it, they keep you know like you say I, the thing about Andy Murray's mum. <laughs> yeah. About not liking somebody, but you don't realize. <laughs> they will not understand that reference. No. <laughs> this Noah Taylor guy, you've seen him in Tomb Raider, you've seen him in Preacher. He's a weasel. I actually kind of like him in Preacher, to be honest, but then if you understand what his character is in, in <laughs> Preacher, he's pretty much the ultimate bad guy. Um, but in this, as soon as he turns up and he's this consultant guy for the guy, Security consultant, I think, wasn't. No, he's the insurance auditor. That's what he is. Well, <laughs> or says is he? he is. Yeah. Um, as soon as he turns up and his face turns up on the screen, I say, I said to you, don't trust that guy. And it's, you don't trust that guy because in any movie that he's in, you don't trust him, right? He's True. Don't Definitely don't trust him in Preacher. But um, he plays it like, it's like twirly mustache guy, Dick Dastardly. <laughs> you know? True. A little bit over, yeah. but still fine for what it was to me. Yeah, well, no. Not for me. I, th I wish he'd have fell off the top of the skyscraper <laughs> earlier. <laughs> um, Pablo Schreiber. I had no idea this was Leave Schreiber's brother. Plays Ben. I actually kind of liked him too, but again, 
this movie, as soon as he's in, introduced and he's got that scar on his neck. <laughs> and he's, Immediately. And, and he's, he's his this, friend. And You're and like, oh, he's bad. On. He's the bad. He's bad. Yeah, it's like, it's like, it's like, I don't know. It's like too much telegraphing. Don't put the scar on his neck and don't dress him in a weaselly certain way where you look at him and go, <laughs> Don't have him look guy. shiftily at his phone and at the guy yeah, immediately. It's, too, it's like, too much. Like String it out a little bit. I, I, was, al- I was almost, you know, he, he steps onto the screen and within a tenth of a second you understand, oh, that's a bad guy. Correct. And there's no not. I was hoping they were going to throw me a curveball and he not be that. I was, it was just my judgment of him that was wrong. But it wasn't. And then you've got the main bad guy in this movie. who's played by Roland Moller. And it's Corez Bother. And he's this mercenary type guy in a bulletproof vest. <laughs> and he's got a lot of big muscles. And he is the most cardboard cutout baddie. So boring. Unbelievably boring. It's... it's it's like, you know, every other movie you've seen with this big burly guy with a machine gun and a vest and a bald head and he looks kind of tough or something and he's and that's it. And, you know. He's not even interesting, like, like, like crazy or, you he know. He doesn't play it in any. Any kind of, like, sicko no. or we don't know that he has a good reason or bad reason. No. Like, nothing Nothing about him at all. It's a it's two-dimensional bad guy 101. So I think our problem is, if you're saying that the sequences with the building, which is the star of the show, yeah. are not that interesting, then all the other parts, if they're not... Like, the people are two-dimensional, uninteresting, it all just kind of... It's like all muddied together. There's nothing that stands out to you. I think so. The bit going down in the elevator, she has to pull the handle... It's going very fast. Yeah, that's kind of weird. It, it it almost turned into like, I don't know, like it 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 seemed. They set it up. This is how he's going to rescue her. She goes in this magnet ele, magnet activated mag lift. <laughs> it uses magnets to slow itself down. He shoves her in it. The building's on fire. Puts his wife in it. And he his tells child. Her, after count to five, and then pull. You know, pull this lever. Because it's it, going to drop through the fire, which is about seven stories deep now. Yeah. So it's, you know, so it, her and the sun get in this little elevator. It goes flight. Like, like I've never seen anything move so fast. It's like something going to the moon, right? It's only, only down. Only down, yeah. And then she pulls the thing, and then it's really anticlimactic. It's like, oh, is that it? It stops? Like, I was like, I, I was hoping this would be really exciting, this scene. It, it stops, lo- and then, the, then that's it. You don't see them again. No, and then you see her, yeah. like, being, you know, with the police person's coat on and the police going, are you okay, everybody? You know, it's, it's, it seemed anticlimactic for a big action scene. The bit with the crane where he jumps across, I did like that. I just think... Um, oh, when it, I, did, I did really like that this movie, this is a like, really, really had duct tape um, <laughs> sponsorship or something. It felt a little bit like a big commercial for duct tape. <laughs> but I, I found that kind of funny, like in a MacGyver kind of way. Because he even makes these like little gloves for his hands out of duct tape. I wonder if you look it up, if they are a, you uh, know actual sponsor. I feel like they were because they were mentioned by name. A lot. 
And he makes these hands um, gloves with the sticky side out so he can stick to the glass as he's walking along the skies. It's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> Is that funny, ha ha, or funny like, oh, you're Rick Grimes all of a sudden? <laughs> no, you're literally, you turn in, he turns into MacGyver a couple of times, right? MacGyver Grimes. <laughs> Let's be honest. Uh, the reason I say this, because we think Rick Grimes does not have good plans. If you in watch Walking, Walking Dead, Dead, yeah. yeah. He really does He's not. He's not the master of making plans. Sometimes he, sometimes we, he makes a plan and they all follow it. And I turn to you, or you turn to me and say, why are they walking in a circle? What is this? Like, he, he didn't tell us the plan, but it seems like the plan is to keep going around in a circle, <laughs> like for the whole episode. I don't know what that example is, but. That was the one where they were trying to like herd all the zombies in one. And they just keep, like, they had Daryl on his motorcycle. Yeah. And he was going, and he was getting them to follow him. But I, it was it was like, you could have like telegraphed that to us in about like a scene that lasted three minutes, but it was kind of like the whole episode. Like, <laughs> and then it didn't work, is the point. None <laughs> of the plans ever worked out right. No, so this did have a, a, a bit of that. MacGyver Grimes, The Rock. Um, Dwayne Johnson, MacGyver Grimes. So this, this is directed by Rawson Marshall Thurber. He directed the fine movie Dodgeball. Oh my god. Do you remember that one? Yep. And he also directed We're the Millers, which is another wacky comedy with uh, Christina Applegate, I believe. Um, so he, he's used to directing those adult wacky comedies, and this is not that. It's a PG-13 action movie. Like, this never really gets gritty too much. There's a lot of shooting and people falling over, but there's no blood, did you notice? Oh, tr- um. It's an A-team kind of shooting. Is it, in fact, there's a whole row of people who get shot at one point, like on this balcony. A couple. There's they, several, yeah. Yeah, and they just all fall down with no blood. It's like, it's very, you know, it's kid-friendly violence, let's say. Hmm. I mean, it's a PG-13. Interesting. There's one swear word used at an appropriate time. Was there? Yeah. He said the F word, remember? Just once. Hmm. Um, it's that movie. That's also in the guidebook of um, things to do in movies that are like this. You can use your F word at some point. Armageddon is one of those. And you you can kill people, but don't show like the gory killing. Just show them falling over. If they're in bulletproof vests and stuff, that's fine. Imply that they're dead. Yeah. <laughs> so um, as far as direction goes, I do feel it looked a bit cheesy in parts just cg wise i don't think it looked as good as it could do i did think the building in general but uh, looked cool but like that elevator sequence i just mentioned it looked really weird like and kind of like they were just shaking the camera <laughs> to make it look like she, you know when we were watching big brother the other night and they were pretending like to star be star trek yeah yeah it kind of looked like they were doing that and um some of the CG looks very green screeny when when I don't think it should in a movie of this big budget with the high caliber of CG. Um, so there was that. But um, as far as direction goes, it's a, again like this movie. It's a pretty straight up action movie, isn't it? It doesn't do anything particularly clever. No. It it's filmed like an action movie, and it does, you know it. Comes across like an action movie. So uh, extras on the on the disc are there are a few. There is deleted and extended scenes. There's Dwayne Johnson embodying a hero. 
inspiration. Now, inspiration is the one where I was saying that you actually see the real life amputee and who was on the set to coach Dwayne Johnson. And um, I found that pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. There's opposing forces, friends no more, kids in action, pineapple pitch. Pineapple pitch is a like funny Hollywood story from Dwayne Johnson of how this movie came to be, I guess. Was it funny? <laughs> uh, funny in quotes. Funny how. And there's a feature commentary by the director. So um, in conclusion, you know what I think, because I've just told you. I think it's a by-the-numbers action movie. I think if you like Mr. Dwayne Johnson, you will have some fun with it. I think the better Dwayne Johnson movie this summer is Rampage, in my opinion. You might like Skyscraper better, but it's not a, it's not a complete loss. Even though, I, like I say, I didn't fully enjoy it because I felt like the stakes were... I just knew what was happening all the time. There was never once I got a surprise. If you could pick something else to do with that hour and a half of your life, what would it be? I would play Assassin's Creed <laughs> more. I, I kind of knew that was going to be <laughs> But um, I don't feel like it was... I just feel like it was not quite up to Dwayne Johnson's standards, and I don't know what that is. I don't know what his standards are. I mean, he makes action movies, and this is an action movie as well. Is it better than The Fast and the Furious? Pain and Gain? Pain and Gain is still an action movie, really. Right? But it's good. Yeah. But Skyscraper is not going on my list of best Dwayne Johnson movies. Um, I'm sure that'll hurt his feelings, but he might get over it. <laughs> no, but but Dwayne, uh, on the other side of things, if you're listening, I really like Rampage. It's pretty cool. So, um, yeah, that's my thoughts. And yours? Uh, I've said it. It's fun. This is a wrap-up, you have to. It's fun. It's um, forgettable. Sito what was it? What liked it more about? than me. <laughs> you didn't even have any fun at all. No, I had a, a little bit of fun okay. in the moments I've, I've explained. Well, there you go. But uh, mostly not. <laughs> um, mostly uh, no. So, yeah, that's Skyscraper. I want to say thanks to Universal for letting us review it. And next week we'll be looking at the latest Marvel movie, Ant-Man and the Wasp. After, the, uh, after seeing Avengers Infinity War, what can possibly happen now? You know? You're no kidding. <laughs> we follow we've kind of gone, done the whole shaveel. Yeah, we're following up. Um, with Infinity War with Ant-Man and the Wasp and it was in Infinity War they did explain that he was doing something else right somebody said where is Ant-Man and they're like oh he's doing something else so I'm assuming we're going to see what he was doing when he was doing something else so uh, movie recommendations this week I'm going on this you know skyscraper I'll go for Atomic Blonde because that fight sequence reminded me of Atomic Blonde and I'll also go with, uh, I think it was last summer, Dwayne Johnson movie, maybe the summer before, and that was San Andreas, which is very similar to this movie, actually, if you think about it. It's him in rescuing people in skyscrapers and in a helicopter. Yep. Um, it's a similar type of movie. It's a big disaster movie. I just think San Andreas, the stakes felt higher because it was a bigger area. It wasn't just this one thing. And they really went kind of crazy with the special effects in that one. They were like in the water. They were all over the place. So, uh, Tomic Blonde and San Andreas. And you're going to go with? Mine are, I forgot. Oh, you've mentioned one. Born, the original Born. 
I think had the best. Maybe one of the other ones had a good fight as well. But those fights were like, oh, and you know me, I'm not a fight sequence person. You're not. And Dr. No, because again, another one of my favorite fight scenes. Different kind of choreographing back in the uh, late 50s. However, in that train with Sean Connery and that guy. Oh, yeah. Excellent. All right. So, um, a scully stuff. I've been playing two exceptional video games this week. I mean, October 2018 is the best, one of the best video game months I have ever seen on a calendar. We're starting off this uh, October with Forza Horizon 4, the latest in the Forza games. I've played a lot of it this week. It takes place in Britain. It has the new feature this year is it goes through the seasons. So you've got, you know, winter, spring, summer, fall. and I think most people know what the seasons are. They do. I just wanted to <laughs> confirm. Um now, what's really cool about Forza Horizon this year is it's the same formula as Forza Horizon two years ago. I mean, that one was in Australia. This one's in the UK. It's a big open world. You drive your cars around it. You collect things. You do races. There's all kinds of fun little things to do. But there's this new thing in Forza Horizon that I've been having a lot of fun with. It's called Forza Stories. And there are a bunch of these stories dotted around the map. The first one's like you become a stunt driver. And you do these different, like, stunt drive missions. But that's not the one that caught my attention. There's there's one that happens a bit further into the game. And you meet this vlogger. And she's like a YouTuber, I guess, but like a fictional one. And she she says, like, I'm going to run down the top ten driving video games of all time. And uh, each one is a mission for you to do. And it starts, and she's like... She she names these video games by name. If you're a racing fan, you've played video racing video games in your life. You probably played all of them. And she names them by name and you play like so the first one is Outrun, which is like the Yu Suzuki's arcade game where you drive a Ferrari from back in the 80s. She gives you the Ferrari from that game and you drive a mission that she gives you, taking the Ferrari from one place to another. And the music they play on the radio is reminiscent of the video game that you remember. And as you're driving, because she's a vlogger, she's talk- she's doing a live stream of you driving it. And she's talking about the game, and she's saying, like, I remember this was the first racing game I played in an arcade, and if you could get in that sit-down cabinet, it was like a- it felt like being in a real car. And... It moves on then from like Outrun and it progresses like it's the top 10, you know, each each one. And and she names games that you're like, wow, yeah, like Project Gotham Racing and Smuggler's Run and just these different games that she mentions and you do this level. And she does Daytona and Daytona has this really catchy theme tune. And they obviously didn't get the license to that theme tune. But how they got around it was she sings that theme tune into the microphone a couple of times. And when you're racing, you're like, yeah, that is exactly what I remember about <laughs> Daytona. It's that song that that happens when you're driving. Like, so it's just a really cool tribute to other racing video games, but without having to actually get the license to those games to make it happen. So it's more of an homage, but I thought it was a really cool idea because... Everyone that she mentioned, I was like, yep, that's the game I played. And, oh, this is exactly what you did in that game. And that's the car I remember from that game. So 
as Forza Horizon 4, it is so well done. Um, the PC version I've been playing is so well optimized this year on PC. It runs 60 frames a second, 1440p. There's never a hiccup. It's just smooth. You've seen it. It's mm-hmm. gorgeous, right? So even your mother, who doesn't probably know anything about video games, <laughs> she was like, wow, that's really nice scenery. <laughs> she was looking at that. But she was over my shoulder watching it. It's a really, really cool, probably one probably one of the best, if not the best, racing video games to date. And the other game I've been playing this week is Assassin's Creed Odyssey. It's the new Assassin's Creed game. And what's big with Assassin's Creed this year is they have taken it full RPG, pretty much. Like, if you think of The Witcher 3, it's the game, the way it is structured is just like The Witcher 3. It has quests to go on. Um, it's like the old Assassin's Creed games that were kind of linear. You you went in a mission, and you did the mission, you came out the other side, and there was the next mission. This one's a big, giant open world, and I'm talking giant. Like, even last year's Assassin's Creed, which seemed huge at the time, was a tiny pinprick compared to this map. But this map is um, Ancient Greece. You play a, a, like a Spartan, and it's that war, the Peloponnesian War, right? Is that what it is? It sounds right. Um, I'm not a historian. But yeah, if you've seen the movie 300, the actual game pretty much starts with one of the scenes from 300. So, And then you play as this character. You can actually choose to be... There's two characters you can choose between. I chose the female character. She's called Cassandra. There's also a male version. And the, the story is slightly different, I believe, from who you pick. But you're going around, you she's you know, you start off on this starter island and you're trying to figure out she wants to become an adventurer and explore. Eventually you get a big ship and a crew, and you go off and you go to different places in ancient Greece and you have adventures and there's loot, you know, you collect like loot and there's better weapons and better armor. There's lots of different missions. You can romance people like you can like you could in Bioware games or The Witcher. And romancing, you know, my girl romanced another girl she met, and then this girl became part of my crew on the ship. So now I have this awesome girl who's very loyal to her, and she's uh, like the captain of the ship. So it's so big, like the starter island at the beginning, and when you finish the, the island at the beginning, that's when the title sequence kicks in. The title sequence didn't kick in until I was seven hours into the game. So, like, that whole opening sequence, it's like a game in itself. I was like, wow, is this just the opening sequence? And then you go out on your ship, and then you dock at the next place. And the next place you dock at, you look at the map, and you go, oh, my God, that opening sequence that took me seven hours. This new part that I've just come to is about five times the size of that, with about five times as much stuff in it. There's not, like, you can you know, run across the wilderness. There isn't much wilderness that is nothing. There's always something going on. There's like a little camp that you can take over and kill all the bad guys, or there's a cave you can explore, or there's like wild animals on the loose, or, you know, you've been given a quest to like collect like rare herbs. You have to go and find them in a meadow or something. It's like there's always something to do. There's tons of stuff to do. In fact, this week on some of the video game reviews I've read, that was the only complaint I could see. There's some people said there's too many things to do. Like, I don't know what to do. 
like, do I go and do that or do I do this or do I carry on with the story or do I stay here and do 10 more hours of collecting things? And that's what's really cool about it, I think. You can do it the way you want to do it. I'm kind of a completionist with games, as you know. Yep. I won't leave games alone until I've 100% of them. Spider-Man, for instance. I am. There was a whole... I finished Spider-Man recently on the PS4. And when you when I finished it, I was at about 72% or something. And the rest was like collecting things and doing these really boring, like random battles for about three or four hours in a row. But I was like, I've got to get to that 100%. I did it. But, you know, I'll probably do that with this as well. It's, again, for October, Forza Horizon 4 might be the greatest racing game ever made. Assassin's Creed is definitely the best Assassin's Creed game they've ever made. They went over and above, like, they've been kind of slowly making it an RPG instead of an action game. And now, at this point, it is a full-on RPG. So if you like The Witcher 3 and you really got into that game, this is that game, really, but with the Assassin's Creed thing over it. So give it a look, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. And the other thing, which is news... I said to you last week, Telltale Games are no more. And that's really sad because we won't get to see the end of Clementine's story. You were traumatized. Yeah. Well, this week, Robert Kirkman, the creator of The Walking Dead, has took his... He has a game studio called Skybound. And uh, he has took the rights to The Walking Dead game from Telltale, who are sadly no more, and given it to Skybound, who are going to finish the series. So it is not a cancelled game. It's being finished by a different team. Hopefully that doesn't end up like Solo. You know can you, you know what I'm talking about? We watched Solo the other week and that was yeah. kind of by two different directors and it kind of felt that way. Hopefully this game stays the same and doesn't change too much. Because it doesn't need to change, does it? Like physically. It needs to be the same kind of game, right? It doesn't need to be fancier or it needs to just feel like it's the same thing i mean it can make it better it's good already but you can always make things better yeah but not like a jarring thing where you're like oh this is by somebody else it's just like make it fit exactly i'm sure i mean we're talking about robert kirkman the creator of walking dead i'm sure he will sort this out (laughs) Mm -hmm. so we will see very shortly, apparently, so I'll keep you updated. So um, when I said October is like the best video game month ever, Forza Horizon 4, and then an Assassin's Creed game, on the 28th of this month, Red Dead Redemption 2 from Rockstar Games. What a month. <laughs> like, these three games are just like... It's like the three Holy Grail games for me. Like, I would wait years for these games, and they all appear in one month. It is crazy. And you know, with me, with Rockstar Games, yep, I 100% those things, and those things last like 100 hours. I can't wait to play that game. So yeah, I will report on that later in the month. So what is for dinner, Sid Talk? Subway. Very good. <laughs> and what I told is you your last advice? night that I would get you Subway, and I didn't get you Subway. It's old advice. I didn't make it up, and I don't think that What's-Her-Face made it up either. When I, when I say the advice, you're going to know who What's-Her-Face is. Um, Can I guess? After I say it or before? Before. Sure. Is it Elsa? Yeah. Well, so what's the advice? <laughs> you want to tell let them, it go, then. Just let ruin it go. It. 
There you go. Let it go, people, because it's fucking annoying when people are just like, I get annoyed, right? I get reactive. I say my piece. I think about why people do what they do. I may not like it. And then I'm like, well, they, most people have no effect on me whatsoever. I couldn't give a shit if anybody talks about me, doesn't like me, judges me. It says more about that person than it does about you or about me. I couldn't care less. The conversation is about, or start this started with, I'll say my mother, because it was my mother, who's annoyed with some of her cousins because they complained about how we do the family reunion. And I'm like, so what? So they don't come. Big deal. Well, and she's very judgmental about it. And she gets our feelings all hurt. And I'm like, wow, what? Just let it go. Have the reunion and screw them. Like, that's really how I feel. I'm not the person who wants to please everyone. It doesn't register in my brain because I think I just did this person. Did, and I've had to learn it over my life. It's not, it's new, you know, probably in my 40s and now 50s beginning. But you just have to like, okay, what impact does that individual have on my actual life? If they can make a policy or a rule or take something away from your ability to make a living or something, that's different. I'm just talking about people bitching and gossiping and looking at you funny at the grocery store. Who gives a shit? Just (laughs) let it go. They're not going to be there to hold your hand when you're dying. And if they are, then that's fine too. But they're not going to be the person who helps you when you're sick, who pays your mortgage, who is fixing your marriage, who comes and is your best friend, you know, in all those ways that people are your best friend. They don't matter. There's a very small number of people in this world who really matter in your life, really. And when you're about done with your life, if you have a chance to think about it, they're not even going to register. You're not going to sit there, hopefully, going, well, I sure am mad because she talked about me that one time. It hurt my feelings. No, 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 no. No one can hurt your feelings. Only you get to decide how you feel. And all those other people, let it go. Unless they're horrible and abusive, that also is different. That's not something you just accept and let it happen. We're talking about the middle of the road, boring motherfuckers who just have nothing better to do than to gossip and complain and knock you down for whatever efforts you're making to do something. They don't matter. They have no impact on you or effect on you. Um, and that's it. Let them, let it go. Thanks. Good advice. Kind of look at them like they're a big joke. Don't verbalize it if you don't want to. You don't have to confront them, but just think about it next time. You find out somebody's bitching about you or they're talking to you and you know they have bitched about you. Just look at them like, wow, you're like a sketch from a Saturday. You don't even read. You're nothing. You're nothing. You're a joke. I'm moving on. I'm over it. I'm letting it go. Well, thank you. That was (laughs) to the point and succinct. Kind of. So you can catch us on ascoli.com, sidtar.com. You can catch us on Twitter and Facebook. You can... Catch this podcast on the iTunes Music Store, the Google Play Store. You can go on your Amazon device, say the trigger word, and then say listen to after the show movie podcast on TuneIn, and it will play you the latest episode. We also put the podcast on YouTube, and if you just go to ascully.com, you can just subscribe there. You can even, I have a new thing on there that you can subscribe by email, so it will send you an email when there's a new episode. And you can play it straight from the page. You can email 
feedback to me at aschoolyaschoolie.com. Don't email Sid Talk. She hates you all. I don't hate anybody. In um, fact, I don't hate anybody. I just let it go. Stay classy, Mr. Dwayne Johnson. Hopefully your next movie will be something that I like better than this one. <laughs> I'm sure he's worried about that. <laughs> he needs to get, you, you need to think about me. He's listening to this. And he doesn't like what you're saying. And he's like, you know what? That guy has no effect on my life. I'm going to let it go. <laughs> well, when he's on the cover of the movie, you better not let it go there. Yeah, true. <laughs> and I'm going to say, think for yourself or someone will do it for you. Bye.